0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Do you ever think that your circumstances could be limiting to the plans, purposes, and promises of God? It's very easy for us to think our difficult circumstances make God's promises impossible, but that's not the case. While certain times are overwhelming to us, they often serve as opportunities for the Lord to prove His power and His faithfulness to His promises. Today is part three of Pastor Jim's message, an invitation to the eternal family gathering. In this message, he will share about his chronic illness and God's faithfulness in the midst of it, as well as the opportunity we all have right now in this time.
1: Verse 14 explains it. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people for he has broke or he has broken my covenant. So here we have, we see they had a choice and it's a play on words here. And it goes something like this, either be cut into the family of God or be cut out of the family of God. That's the choice that everybody has to make. In other words, either receive the promise or reject the promise. There's no in-between. And although they may choose poorly, and a lot of them do, we want our kids to understand the choice they are given. We want them to have a clear Choice. For years, there was a woman who, who came here and she described herself as a, a secularist and an atheist. And she came here and, um, and I said, Why would you come? And she goes, I like to hear a man who knows what he's talking about, so I'm well aware of what I am rejecting. Now, in a sense, it's funny, in a sense, it's sad, but I said, You know, I admire you. Inside, she walked away. I remember thinking, You are not far from the kingdom. And we, always, and we always want our kids to know that you may make the wrong choice. But you can always return. You can always come back. To be honest with you, most religious people that you're either cut in or cut out, that you either receive the promise or reject the promise, that, 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 that you have to make a choice. Most religious people, they don't even understand this. They don't even understand that you have to really make a res- have a response to the good news of the gospel. They have their self-righteous religion or their religion of convenience. You talk to people, they object. Well, I'm a good person. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do this. I don't do that. I go, okay, that's fine. What about, well, that's called sin of commission. What about a sin of omission? And they're like, what's that? You omit. What about all the stuff that you are supposed to do, that we are all supposed to do and we don't do? People are like, well, I, what? what, what I, I don't know. What didn't I do? You know, for most people, what didn't you do? Step one, Jesus already told us: repent and believe in the gospel. That's what most people have not done. Pastor Jim, are you saying that if you don't repent and believe the gospel, if you don't turn to God and put your trust in Jesus, that you won't be going to he- that? I won't be going to heaven. That I'll be going to hell. Is that what you're really saying? I'm not the one saying it. I'm not the one saying it. Verse 15, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Both derivatives of the word princess. So I guess she was a princess. And so now she gets a new name too. Remember, Abraham did last week. And I will bless her and also give her a son, give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of peoples, shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, when it says it's said in his heart, that's we're talking to ourselves. But remember, who's, who's in there with us? How scary is that? <laughs> that God is in there? Like, anybody who thinks they're good enough or they're a holy person, something like that, I'm like, so let's just go inside your head for a minute and God knows what's in there. You're like, oh, That's grace, isn't it? So he's talking to himself and he said, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. So now God changes Abraham's wife's name. They both have new names for a new stage of their life, perhaps to remind them as they're talking to each other of God's promises. When they would have this baby, they would would be reminded of God's promises. Now, like Abraham, Sarah had learned the hard way to wait on the promises of God. Remember the, the, the debacle in chapter 16 with her maidservant, Hagar. So this tells us what? Who is the one who's unable to have a child? It's Sarah. Because Abraham was able to father a child. But notice here, God comes along and he tells Abraham, you go home and tell your wife this. Enough of this. You go home all the time. Oh, God made a promise to me. God made a promise to me. God made a promise to me. You go home and you tell her the promise I'm making to her. It's not tell her, well, you know, you're Abraham's wife, so just ride the Abraham wave. No, it's, it's Sarah, I have a plan and a purpose for you. So let me ask you the soul-searching question. Do you believe that God has a plan and a promise and a purpose for you? Now, some of you are, of course, of course, of course. Then what are you waiting for? <laughs> but some of you are saying no. And we're going to have to deconstruct that a little bit. Abraham can hardly believe it. He he laughs. It, it seems like maybe it's possible for the last 13 years, maybe he thought the his son Ishmael that he had with the maidservant Hagar was the son of the promise. Maybe he's trying to explain to God, hey God, I I I you know I have a good plan for getting your purposes and your promises, you know, accomplished. Choose choose Ishmael. He's good. We got the boy. He, he's the one. Now, if he's trying to convince God of a better way for God's promises, that would be a mistake. But it's very interesting. I notice a lot of times in the Bible that God is very gracious to people who have suggestions for him. I mean, he really is. Um, however, if you forge ahead with the suggestions or you don't even bother suggesting them, you just go on your logic and you do it, he doesn't stop the consequences if you rush out ahead without the approval of the word of God. But let's deconstruct the fact if you think there's no plan or purpose or promise for your life. Super important lesson here, super important. Abraham, it seems to me, Abraham, like us, thinks that his circumstances, being old, Having a wife who is unable to have children limits the plans and purposes and promises of God. Let me say that again, but let me bring it home to you and to me. How often it is, how easy it is for all of us to think that our circumstances are hindrances to the plans and purposes and promises of God abraham seems to think and we can do this very easily that god is ignoring his circumstances in other words that that our circumstances make his promises impossible But God shows his true power when he delivers on his plans, purposes, and promises in the midst of our difficult circumstances. So now it's been over five years for me since I got this this wacky neurological disorder that I have. And I thought, honestly... That I was done and and if you're glad I stayed then I can give you the names of the brothers that really talked me into staying the two pastors who, who don't pastor here and and I thought I was done and I know that some people got mad at me for being sick still not right but doing better than I was before for sure some of you are wondering why he holds on to the pulpit so much. It's because if I don't hold on to the pulpit, I'll be going, Woo. and you're like, he's in the spirit. No, he let go of the pulpit. <laughs> and I know that some people were mad at me for being sick, that I wasn't available out there beck and call all the time. I know a lot of pastors who've gotten sick, and their staff was particularly the people that got most mad at them. I was talking to one of my doctors one time and he said, uh, how in the world do you pastor a church when you're so sick? I go, I have no idea, man. I said, it is the grace of God. I'm telling you, man, I have no idea. And he says to me, so, I mean, is, is, is the church really like falling apart with you being sick? And I was like, you know, it's actually gotten bigger. <laughs> really? How are you you doing all the the work you have to do with the church? And I was like, well, you know, um, we got a lot more volunteers than we used to have. (laughs) I guess they feel sorry for me or something like that. And so many of the leaders are just stepping up. It's like they don't need me anymore. And he says, how does that make you feel? I said, it makes me feel great, man. And so now I'm going to put it on you. We're in COVID. And, and there seems to be perhaps on the horizon some visibility to the end of it. Or at least a much more controlled type thing. Sometime maybe spring, summer. I'm very excited about that. You know why I'm excited about that? Because we all, and that includes you at home, we all get to know what it's like to start a church. Quick show of hands. How many of you were here with us since the beginning? Okay. We have some people in the back. They're in the other room too. A lot of those people like, I don't need to sit in, in the room with Pastor Jim. I've seen his ugly mug enough. And you've been here to start a church. You're supposed to start with a group of people. That's the way you're supposed to do it. We didn't want to do that. You're supposed to take a group of people from another church, ruin their church, and then start your own church. We didn't do that. We, we started with five people. Five people, seven people. Five of them had my last name. One had a guitar and one I met one time. By the way, he's still here. And so that's how we started And some of you are like, I would have loved to been there when we got to start the church and we all had to pitch in and we had to jump into places where maybe we didn't feel gifted and we had to do stuff that we weren't really equipped to do and was excited to get to see the Lord work and all the new people coming and stuff like that. I would have loved to be there. You're going to be there because we're going to do it again. Maybe we'll get it right this time. Maybe I'll get it right this time. Verse 19. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him faithful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. He's the father of the Arabs. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you, At this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So by now, Abraham and Sarah have been waiting 25 years. God shows up and says, Your son is coming. Your son is coming, man. It's going to be another year. Grab the team, grab the men, and let's circumcise everyone. Sort of like Joshua. God says, We're going to take down Jericho circumcise everyone and get the band, right? That's like, what are you talking about, God? In, in the midst of this, there's more promises and more blessings promised to Abraham that are gonna spill over to others. And friends, I hope that's us. I hope the blessings that God has put in our lives and the joy that God has put in our lives is gonna spill over to others. Yet the problem we have to fight is that our circumstances and God's promises are often at war in our hearts, aren't they? And let's let God's promises win the war. Clearly, circumcision points them to and reminds them of the God who saves, but circumcision can't save. We saw that in chapter 15. Nothing can save apart from faith in God. So knowing that faith saves If you're Abraham, what would you do? What would you do? Would you go through with this? If you're the men and he comes over to you and says, hey, hey, been talking to God, got an idea, got an idea. It's like every time I have an idea around here, people look at me like I'm cross-eyed. And then I go, it happened while I was studying the Bible. I go, oh, okay, okay. (laughs) What would you do? Now all the women are like, I would tell him to go for it, man, come on. You say, why are you saying this? Because it's easy to wallow in our disappointments and expect others to be faithful in their disappointments. And Abraham has every reason to be disappointed. All this waiting. Verse 23, so Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among them, men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day as God said to him. Notice that you might want to circle that in your Bible, that very same day. God didn't he didn't say to God, "You know, Lord, let me pray about this." He didn't waste any time. He didn't overthink it. He didn't rationalize it. He just obeys. Abraham verse 24 was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised. Let's just stop there for one second. If you are a leader, if you are a boss, if you have an influence over people in any stretch of the imagination, where you spend your time, and I think we all have influence over people, we just don't realize how much influence we have, sadly, Leaders often expect people to do what they are not willing to do themselves. And that's no leader. That's no leader. Not Abraham. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael and all the men of his house born in his house or bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him. Now, through 25 years of waiting for a son, and now we still got to wait another year, do you think that Abraham had any doubts in the promises of God? Oh, I, I, I don't know, but my goodness. I have, to, I have to say this. I could see where he would, but, but doubts and disappointment and circumstances don't stop him from obeying. Doubts and disappointment and circumstances don't stop Abraham from accepting God's invitation to the eternal family of God, nor from inviting others into the family as well. Because, you know, you're going to invite people in and and then people will be like, well, Abraham, come on, why should we believe this God of yours? Look what he's been promising you for so long. He's not afraid of that question. He's not afraid of that question. People say to me, "So with this faith thing you have, man, when, when's God going to heal you?" I go, "We got all eternity to do it, man. no, why should he rush? Do what he wants." You see, this is a big day of faith, man. I know. A lot, I, I you know, I, I read other pastors. Sometimes I'll, after I'm done a message, I'll listen to some like, "What does he think about this?" And so many, so many skip over this kind of stuff. This is a big day. For Abraham, this is a big day for the people of God. I think this is bigger than Noah entering the ark. This is along the lines of of the people putting the blood on their doorpost in the Exodus. This is the Old Testament church. You could even say this is the forming of the Old Testament church. This is a coming together in an action. And notice the various ages, the various ethnic backgrounds, the various economic and spiritual status. They're all invited into the kingdom of God. And I tell you in the name of Jesus Christ, if you are not a follower of Jesus, you are invited in. And don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise. No matter what you've done, no matter what you may do, if you decide today is not the day for you, you are invited not to religion, you are invited to be the son or daughter of a king. 2,000 years later, the Apostle Paul would write about the kingdom of God, Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. We might say, There's this, it's like religious people and non-religious people. It's not rich and poor. There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. As we often say around here, if you're again, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you cannot be too proud, too bad to come to Jesus. You can only be too proud. That's what will stop you. Not the way you live. It's your pride. So how does one get into Christ Jesus? He said, we are all one in Christ Jesus. For that, we have to go to the Last Supper. The night before the cross, when Jesus talks about the new covenant in his blood. You see, on the cross, it was a, the Last Supper is a picture, of, and the, and the communion is a picture of the cross. It was God's own perfect son on the cross who was cut. You and I don't need to be cut. He was cut for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. If you will, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was cut out and physically he was cut in and spiritually he was cut out so we could be cut in. For who? For all who repent and all who believe. For all who turned to him and put their trust in him. And the New Testament teaches us that all the bloody sacraments of the sacrifices of the Old Testament are finished once and for all. Now, what are we to do after people believe? We are to baptize them and teach them to obey. Circumcision, like all the rituals in the word of God, represent much more than just an outward ritual. They get us to look and they get us to point. They get us to point to the person and work of God through Jesus. And they also get us to look inside our own hearts and ahead to eternity. They remind us that God gave us his son. And do you know that when God gave you his son, he invited you and me into his heart. But getting into his heart, he doesn't want us to live half-hearted for him. He wants you and I to surrender to him and receive by faith the eternal blessings he has for us as part of the adopted family of God. Later on in the Old Testament, Moses would write, would say this, Moses, uh, Deuteronomy 36, and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart. That's what this is about. And the heart of your descendants. What does a circumcised heart look like? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. That that live in the Bible means eternally with God. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul would write this after Jesus sent to heaven, Romans 2.29. He talks about the circumcision of the heart. How is your heart circumcised? By receiving the invitation to the eternal family gathering. By turning to God and putting your trust in Jesus. Yes, this is a different season. I know that. But the kingdom of God marches on and the invitation into God's heart is still there for you. And it's still there for me. When we partake of communion, we remember what the Lord Jesus did for us. And if you don't yet believe, if you haven't yet put your trust in Jesus Christ, do it today. Be like Abraham don't wait. You may never, ever feel this way again. Don't delay. Why? The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel.
0: Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Change by Love.